Welcome to the Trey Blanco Podcast and Grill. We have a fine assortment of hot takes and bad predictions for you to sample this evening. On today's menu, the Cowboys. Today's special is the Cowboys. So you'll be having the Cowboys? Fine selection, sir. And now, here's your head chef. Um, he's not really a chef. Well, Trey Blanco. And his faithful busboy, Daniel Davidson. Chilling, bro. Chilling. How you doing, homie? I'm doing good, man. You know, just you know, living yeah. life still. Yes, sir. February. Surviving out here with all this COVID and stuff and all political the, stuff going on and really? interactions and all that I jazz. I swear, man, COVID has as many uh, changes as the Cowboys had to coaches the past three years, man. It's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> it's ridiculous, man. Anyway, it's your boy, Ed White, a.k.a. Trey Blanco with Trey Blanco's Podcast and Grill. Got my boy Daniel with me today. How's to say hello to the people? What to do, baby? And as always, our producer, Dr. Lewis, not everybody, man. Nah, he go. is. He is. Dang, he we're getting is. good at that. What's up, Dr? Say hello. Uh, I'm out of witty things to say. Just totally out. Just fresh also, out of witty things. Thanks for your contributions to the show, man. Yeah. Anytime, anytime man. Anytime. I swear, man. Y'all, y'all, y'all enjoy yourselves. Water. All slowly right, then. Slowly. He's really trying to X himself out of his speaking. He really, he's trying to figure himself out, man. He probably got some stuff planned, you know. You know, he has big schemes and stuff. Like, like any good producer he's would. Big, big I, for, for it's, small it's, timers. A, it's about you guys. It's not about me. I'm just in the background. Yeah, he's doing a whole lot of work on the weekend it takes. So where we're affiliated with. So thank you, Dr. For being with us as always. But here, wait, wait. Before we get before we get off of that, before we get off of that, you know what he's oh. trying to do, man? With this, with this whole look. You know, this whole GameStop stuff happened with the stock market and stuff, man. So, you know, people are thinking right now, it's like, why go and work for my money when my money can work for me? That's what they're trying to do as well. It's like, look, if I can get all these pots to run without me, and I can make my own money sitting at home just doing nothing. But I can see what's going on, bro. This, look, hey, man, this, this GameStop has people CEOs going crazy, do, re- re- rethinking themselves. Yeah, well, I, I see what the play, man. The bigger picture. Bruh, if you if you get jammed up, don't mention my name. You mention my name. <laughs> don't be giving the tea, homie. Dang. Oh man. Well, as one of Derek's many uh or one of his few podcast web, however you want to describe it, uh here on Trey Blocker's podcast and grill, we break it down to the X's and O's of Cowboy football. But the Cowboys are no longer playing football right now because um we're we didn't make the playoffs and it's Super Bowl week. But we still wanted to put a podcast out there and talk about uh, some Cowboy news happening in the offseason. And then we wanted to give you all a little Super Bowl preview matchup on what we think about is going to happen. But let's, you know, let's always start with the Cowboys. And so the Cowboys have been relatively quiet so far in this offseason. But one of the guys that I believe they should pay, a.k.a. Paydack Man, has been not paid. But his draft class has had a lot of action um, so far this week. I would, uh, so far this offseason, not this week, so far this offseason. And I say a lot of action. I mean, one of the this whole year of uh, football has been revolved around the 2016 draft class of quarterbacks. And so um, if you're we're going to date the show, but uh, Jared Goff was traded to Detroit today for uh, I'm not today. Wow. I need to work on my phrasing. But Tr- Jared Goff was traded to the Detroit Lions for Matthew Stafford. 
um, and for some picks as well. So we're going to talk about that. And then I'm going to bring in a stat later about the draft class. But let's talk about this um, trade for Matthew Stafford and Jared Goff. So, Daniel, um, when that trade when that trade popped through on, uh, on my NFL uh, app, I was kind of shocked because I didn't see the Rams in the in the play. I heard rumors that they were in play for Matthew Stafford, but I just didn't believe that they would make the play um, for the Rams because I feel like they're getting older, and I don't, I really don't think they're getting any better with Matthew Stafford as a, I think they're just getting the same type of quarterback. But let's hear your thoughts on about it. Let's have a discussion on this. So, what do you think about this trade between the Detroit Lions and the uh, Los Angeles Rams? I felt like it came out of, like you said, it came out of nowhere, man. Um, because I really thought that where whoever didn't get Deshaun Watson would then, you know, have to settle for Matthew Stafford or something. Or maybe they'll say, okay, well, Deshaun Watson's acting price is too, too rich for our blood. So let's try for Deshaun Watson or something. I'm sorry, let's try for Matt Stafford or something. Um, but the more you think about it, um, it, it kind of makes sense from the Rams' point of view, just because they've, for the past, I want to say like two to three seasons, have really just gone all in on just trying to win via just free agency and paying people and kind of trades and acquisitions. They're honestly, they run more like a, a Madden team than like a regular NFL franchise, because, you know, most teams want to build through the draft, kind of build from the ground up at a continuity. They decided to go the other direction though, in terms of let's go ahead and bring in these big name stars. We'll pay them, um, get them on these bloated contracts. So hopefully where we can get rid of them within like two years and move on from it. And that's really what's going on right now because their cap situation with the Rams is pretty terrible. Um, I think they're going to have to pay about four or five of their starters coming up. No, actually, I think what the figure was, was going into next year, six of the players on, on the roster are going to total a hundred and I think like six or $160 million. So almost like the entire cash base under six players and it's had to fill in the rest. Um, so they pretty much were in cap hill and they are going to be for a while just because they kind of bet on themselves. And I mean, almost paid off, you know, getting to the Super Bowl. Um, so with this, uh, they had started to sour on Jared Goff uh, a little bit. Uh, I felt like he wasn't one to get it done, which was surprising because they had just paid him, I think, about a season or so ago. But, I mean, kudos to them for kind of just, you know, biting the bullet and kind of, you know, cutting the fat and cutting your losses and moving on. So this makes a lot of sense for them in, in the sense that, you know, I would think Matthew Stafford is an upgrade to Jared Goff. How big of an upgrade? That's yet to be seen, um, you know, because – we already know he has the cannon arm, you know, he's been in the league for quite a while, but come on now, those Lions teams have been pretty terrible to mediocre at best over his entire, almost his entire career being there. So is that on him? Is that on his, on his roster? I guess we're going to see pretty soon, but for the Rams to make this deal, it kind of makes sense just because, um, you know, what they really need right now or, or to, to, to phrase it this way, cheap labor. So really like the, uh, the lower draft picks So the second round, third round, fourth round, fifth round. That's what they need people on the sort of contract and the smaller contract, which is why I'm sure they didn't really get too up in a fuss about trading all those first round draft picks to get this to happen in the second round, just because they really couldn't afford them anyway with who they're going to have to pay on this roster. Um, now for the Lions point of view, I can see how it makes sense too, because they got a whole bunch of draft picks with this trade. And, you know, they have a brand new coach coming in. So what better way to help them out than kind of, you know, give them a, youngest quarterback who had some talent so maybe there's something there but also a whole bunch of draft capital to work with uh, that's a good way to start for him to start you know reshaping the team and how he wants it to go so although in that sense it actually made a lot of sense when you kind of looked at the actual numbers that went into the draft and the current stat the current status of the two teams 
Um, so they kind of go in two different directions in terms of one trying to contend for Super Bowl, one trying to go into rebuild mode. Um, so these, this, these trade kind of helps them kind of push them towards where they're trying to go. Uh, but again, a, a lot of it does bank on, you know, how good is Matthew Stafford really? And we're going to see that pretty soon because now he has pretty much all the pieces around him to, you know, at least make a run for the playoffs or for, for the title. Um, so we'll see if that deal will get better, stay the same or get worse. And at the end of the day, uh, not sure if it's fair or not, but a lot of this can be placed on his shoulders because, you know, it's like, well, we were doing pretty good with Jared Goff. So we traded all the stuff to get you. So you would assume we get the, to the next level with you. Um, but you have to wait and see, man. But what do you think about that trade? Especially yeah. all the quotes that was given up for it. Yeah. And so when I saw the details, so uh, the Rams gave up two first round picks in the third round, including uh, in, in conjunction with Jared Goff. And so I was like, is Matthew Stafford worth two first round picks? <laughs> I was like, I mean, is he still, is, is he considered an up and coming quarterback still? I mean, he's coming from a Lions team that has not been to a playoff in since uh, I want to say for about five years. I don't know the exact stat. Um, who has had multiple losing seasons. One of his seasons was 0-16. And so, I mean, he had, and it's not like he hasn't had talent around him all the time. He had Megatron, Kenny Galladay no joke. And so, um, and so he, it's not like Matthew Stafford does, didn't have talent. You can always blame the coaching, but is Matthew Stafford the guy you want to sell that much for? And so when you think about it, uh, I felt like that's closer to a Deshaun Watson type of t- trade. You just add one more, pick then you have a Deshaun Watson type of trade but I get what the Rams I get what the Lions are doing I was like hey like you they need the picks they're trying to rebuild and they got the new coach they're trying to rebuild the team and that's what that what you do when you're trying to rebuild you want to get all these young guys here trying to build an identity build your identity up from the ground up and so and it starts with having a good a decent quarterback and so the fact that they have Jared Goff he, I feel like he's he still is a decent quarterback um he's not too far off from leading that team to the NFC title. And so, um, like, I, I, and the Rams weren't far from the Super Bowl. And so, again, they were really probably just a missing, one single piece missing from the Super Bowl with Jerry Goff as their quarterback. And so, um, it's kind of, I felt kind of, felt kind of bad for Jerry Goff. Kind of felt like he got just tossed to the curb for. I felt uh, bad for him, bro. You know, he's making like a hundred and something million I mean, dollars. I mean, financially, yeah, I guess it's good, but I mean, but I mean, to go from LA to Detroit, and I mean, I don't know <laughs> as far as living yeah, situations. It's just, it's just for the season. He can go back in the offseason back to LA if he wants to, or wherever he wants. He can buy four or five houses. Well, he got a hundred mil, bro. What you want to do? Go ahead. My God, Ed hitting on a great American black city. Why, Ed? Why? <laughs> no comment. Oh, and at a loss for words. I'm sorry. I was just joking, man. It's fine. It's fine. We are cutting that out. Now I gotta leave it in. No, we're like not. trying to set you up, and you're like, ah, I'm not taking the bait. There's no bait there, though. <laughs> what bait? Somebody, somebody feeling guilty, bro. I don't know. I'm not feeling guilty. It's <laughs> L. It's L.A. You're like, anyway, we're not going down that train. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. I am not doing it. <laughs> I was with there. Well, we're not doing it. Anyway, moving on. So Jared Goff is going to Detroit. Uh, Matthew Stafford's come to L.A. He's coming to a good situation. He has a, he has a defense to back him up. 
I mean, he has Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey back there. To, he has a strong defense to help back him up. He also has talent on the offensive side. Now, question: the questions are on the offensive line. Now, the Rams didn't have a bad offensive line this past year, but they had like a mediocre middle, middle ground type of offensive line. And that's kind of what he's had in Detroit. So is the difference between the Rams offensive line and the Detroit offensive line that big of a difference for him to be better, Matthew Stafford, for them to take him off to that next level? Um, and I still think they need to find a, a three down running back. And so they, they had some injury issues with this past year. So hopefully that could fix, but I still think they need to find their three down running back so they could, they can be a dual threat team offensive scheme. So they can't, like you said, Matthew Stafford has a cannon. And so he has, he has Cooper cup and um, Bobby Woods, and uh, they have the tight end whose name just flew, uh, flew out my head right now. So they have talent on the receiving court. Now the question is, whether that the offensive line be able to stand up, and if they have, they can add that running back to their game so they can have a decent run game, so they could be a, a threat. And Matthew Stafford doesn't have to sit back there and throw the ball all the time. And so when when you do, it's good to throw. I mean, this is a passing league, but you don't want to throw the ball every single down. You don't want to be known for being a down uh, throwing team and so and I think that's uh I think that's going to be the question about it as far as how successful will Matthew Stafford be um on this on this squad and so but uh I honestly thought Deshaun Watson will be the first QB trade before Matthew Stafford because like you said um you would you think that I, I thought that the Sean Watson's price will be high. So a team will pay a team's going to pay that price. I feel like Deshaun Watson more likely will be traded this offseason. So teams will end up paying mm-hmm. that price and people are going to settle for Matthew Stafford. Now, whether or not the Rams wanted Matthew Stafford and they got the guy they wanted. I don't know how Deshaun Watson kind of fits in the Rams offense, but maybe they wanted Matthew Stafford. And if you want to talk about, let's talk about that real quick. Rams offense. They're more of a bootleg type of scheme. And if you want a bootleg type of scheme, I think you want to put Deshaun Watson in there because he has a threat of the run too. Matthew Stafford, you're not really afraid of him running the football. And so, God, I, yeah. Well, well, for that type of scheme though, it, it's really less on the quarterback and more on kind of establishing the running game because you know it's a, the same thing that, that the Browns do. You know, they had a really good running game, so once it's so effective and you have to play the run all the time, then the bootleg starts working. So it doesn't really matter how you know fast or athletic the quarterback is that fake is going to hold the linebackers or the D line just because, you know, you've been gashing them um, the whole game. Um, I, I don't know if they would do that as much with Matt Stafford. They probably can change it a little bit. The offense could be more vertical just because, you know, he has that ability to get the ball downfield. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see how they kind of build around him or if they'll kind of, uh, you know, tinker with some stuff while he's there just to kind of see how they model the offense around what he can do. Um, because you know he can he can do a little bit a bit more, but from Jared Goff in terms of you know arm talent, making the throws, getting the ball downfield. But I think Jared Goff probably is like you said a little bit more athletic and better on the run. So yeah. you might have to change some stuff and how how they operate just to make sure that they're maximizing what you know Matthew Stafford brings to them. Yeah, and I don't think like I mean you said you you said tinkering and when you first said build, and I agree with you, it's not gonna be a build around Matthew Stafford because again, you just, they have all these contracts matched up and most, and some of them are on the offensive side too. And so it's like, you can't, they, they have to tinker around them. So, it's, so, and they don't have the picks to actually build around them as much. So it kind of, it'll be interesting to see what the off, what the Rams do with the draft and all that. And so, um, Let's talk a little about De- Deshaun Watson. And so with the drama going on in Houston, Texans, they uh, 
they signed a quarter, they signed a head coach, they signed a, they signed a new defensive coordinator. Uh, Levy Smith is back in the NFL. Um, they signed an offensive coordinator. So, and but Deshaun Watson still wants out of Houston. So he, um, wh- how do you, how do, what do you think is going on in Deshaun Watson's head that hey, you got a new, got a whole new regime down in Houston, but why do you still want to leave? So how, what's your thought process on that? Kind of throwing that at you right now. Uh, I mean, new regime via the coaching staff, but same old regime via the ownership. That's the main thing. You know, he, he's, he's thinking way above the coach's head, way above the GM's head. It's like, okay, the person that actually calls the shots for real, that makes all the real decisions for the, the organization, um, you know, the way that they treated me, the way that they he felt that they lied to him in terms of seeing him about having him involved in these processes. Um, if I was in this situation, I don't know why I would change just because they hired a coach now and they're bringing in these like black coaches and such. It's like, well, okay, but you're still here. The owner's still here. Um, the person who was lying to me and, and kind of misled me is still here. Um, he's probably just out on the situation. Uh, you know, it, it's been pretty tough for the Houston Texans um, in terms of, you know, trying for them to accumulate talent, hold on to it. Um, you know, they had a hard time in terms of some of these trades that were kind of getting rid of all their draft picks. Um, they're still kind of pretty low in terms of draft capital. So it, it's going to be hard to rebuild that team, you know, in the short term. So it's not going to be a, an easy fix. It's that, okay, Deshaun's back and we're going to be continuing for a Super Bowl. It's like, no, um, they have to build more on the O-line. Um, they're probably going to end up losing J.J. Watt. So even some of their stars are probably going to be leaving pretty soon too. So it's not really the greatest situation. And now you have a brand new coach staff, brand new head coach. So a lot of stuff is changing, a lot of unknowns, a lot of chaos. So I could see – while a player who has been in a dis- dysfunctional location or most, more dysfunction is, you know, injected into the situation might want to, if possible, get out of that and go somewhere else. Um, so, yeah, I can see on, on his end why he wouldn't change his mind at all because his mind was made up quite a bit ago the way they treated him. And also, I mean, it seems like the grass might be greener somewhere else where a different organization, you know, just try something else. Like, you know, all these NFL teams can be run the same way. So maybe someone who's more professional, more on the up and up, that might be better for him in the long term in terms of, you know, his health, in terms of his winning. Because um, at the end of the day, you know, he's a competitor. He loves to win. And the Texans, for whatever reason, keep getting in their own way in terms of winning. Um, so I can see him wanting to try something else if he can. Or maybe just be on a bigger stage. Like he said, he wants to go to, you know, the New York Jets or something. Maybe he wants to be the face of that franchise and be in a bigger market and uh, be the one to bring the Jets back or something like that. But I just think he's kind of just soured on the whole situation and he's just ready for a clean break and a fresh start somewhere else. And at that yeah. point, it's kind, of hard, it's kind of hard to talk people out of that when they kind of are just done with the situation, you know? Yeah. And um, I, I agree with you there. And so you, you, when I asked you the question, I knew the way you were going with it. And that's what I want people to understand. It's like, it's not the coaching staff that he was upset with. It's a higher regime of it. And so, yeah, granted, uh, I forgot the name of the former coach, but he was a part of that higher regime so that he was upset with him and he actually made some very stupid situations uh decisions but uh like they brought in uh bill o'brien thank you uh they brought in some new coaches and so uh i think will help the texas but when you have your staple uh one of the guys who was there at day one which is jj watt ready to leave the organization and not because he's wanted to win a championship or move on, but because he's disgruntled with the higher regime, that tells you something. And so um, that tells you something about that management of the team. And it is not in that these other guys weren't just this talking noise, like Andre Johnson, Nuke Hopkins and Deshaun Watson. You're talking about a guy who was a staple from this team from day one, who is ready to leave the organization. And so if he's willing to take a pay cut, I would not mind him adding to the Cowboys. And so, <laughs> <laughs> 
But A, A want everybody. Gonna hey, everybody. Man. hey man, if he could. He could he was, could still ball out at his at his age too. And so hey, we don't need him every down. What is it? Two downs a two downs, you know, second or third, put some pressure on that QB and let's roll with it. And so that's how we get into what happened last year. It's like, oh yeah, man. But know, he's that versatile. He's that versatile <laughs> defensive tackle that I was talking about. He's that defensive tackle, defensive end, versatile that we know that we can need. Some type of I mean, he, like he he was at one point, he's still talented now, but also he's of course, older, now injury-prone. Yeah, so at that I point, said. we need something that's more consistent and solid to be on the line instead of being like, oh, well, when he's healthy, we're kind of we're, we're, we're <laughs> monsters, but he misses like eight or seven, eight or nine games. It's like, okay, well, we're kind of back to where we were before. For most of the hey, season. man, we got bit by the injury bug in 2020. I'm, I'm, I'm speaking into existence. 2021 will be healthy. I'm praying it. And so we'll be good. Hey, bro, this, this is a game of football, man. The one guaranteed football is that you're going to get hurt get during hurt. the game. <laughs> Everybody who plays football gets hurt every game. That's guaranteed. Exactly. <laughs> That's how it is. <laughs> Pretty much, man. So we already talked about – hold on, I see DR trying to come in. Go ahead, DR. Did you did you hear this man? I put it on the blood of Jesus that the Cowboys will stay injury free. On the blood of Jesus. <laughs> hey man, yeah, I'm a praying man. So I think God will answer this prayer at one point. At one point, he will answer, he will answer this prayer. Everybody <laughs> it may not come healthy. when you want it, but he's there right on time. <laughs> Nah, bro. All right. Seems, it seems like this team is cursed, bro. I feel like Jerry Jones might have sold the soul at some point. Hey, now so, we're paying so, the dividends. <laughs> I'm actually glad you said that because uh, I'm going to introduce the segment a little bit differently. So, actually, so we're talking, we talked about two different quarterbacks. And um, and so we're going to talk about our quarterback from last year because still not our, he's not quarterback, our quarterback yet, Dak Prescott, paid Dak man. Um, he was drafted in 2016. So let's, let's review some of his uh, quarterbacks that were in his draft class. So uh, Jared Goff, who was traded to Detroit, um, Carson Wentz, uh, who was benched for Jalen Hurts at the end of the season. Uh, so that's the, I believe, the one and two pick of their 2016. And then mm-hmm. um, Paxton, Paxton Lynch, another quarterback who the Cowboys thought about trading into the first round to get later on, who is currently out of the NFL. Uh, Christian Hackenberg, out of the NFL. Jacoby Brissett, uh, is a backup for the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, Connor Cook is also out of NFL, and Dak Prescott, uh, fourth round pick, waiting to get paid. So there's a lot that's been going on in that 2016 class. They, people thought that was going to be the, the, the Jared Goff and Carson Wentz for the future for the quarterback, but they're showing mm-hmm. that uh, they weren't. But um, this past week, I rewatched the All or Nothing series on the Amazon Prime for the Dallas Cowboys. Um, it was a 2017 season, but they did a review of the draft for Dak Prescott. And so um, they they talk, you hear Jerry Steven talking about drafting a quarterback and trying to get back into the draft in the first round after they drafted Zeke to get Paxton Lynch or Connor Cook, two guys who are currently out of the NFL. And so um, Steven Jones talk Jerry out of trading back in. He said, hey, you got the guy out of Mississippi State who will be there in the fourth round. Sure enough, Dak Prescott was there in the fourth round. They drafted Dak Prescott, and he goes off to have an amazing rookie season after Tony Romo got hurt in the preseason, and we're here at this point now. And so we, and so as I rewatched that season, it was, a, it was the year of 2017, the football season of 2017, I watched Jerry Jones and I think I said on the pod earlier that he is too involved in the team. And so I watched Jerry Jones go into the locker room week after week 
and tell and like either grill his team or be kind of like or celebrate with the win. And so and then I watched him be in every single coaching meeting the day after the game. And so and analyzing the stats and analyzing like the coaching abilities of his of his team of his staff and i was like hold on what (laughs) so i don't know if every owner does this or not i don't know if this is a cowboy thing and it granted jerry is the gm and so i he's a gm so he has some involvement but i believe my point was that jerry is he should not be the gm because he he should just sit back and enjoy his money let steven Jones be the GM and manage the team or let or hire somebody else to be the GM because he, he worries me and I feel like that's where the downfall of the Cowboys happened like I feel like Jerry Jones is too involved and he has he doesn't make the smart football management decision from time to time to time time after time and time again because I feel like a GM would already have Dak Prescott signed for a full long-term contract last season we want to be in this back-to-back situation as we are now and so um Dak Prescott still is out there not being paid so we're going to talk about this so how do you think when do you think Dak Prescott will get paid or do you think you'll be franchise tag again do you think you get paid this year do you, be, you think you'll be franchise tag or the worst comes to worst he's a free agent out on the market and get signed by another team so we'll, before we go on to the Super Bowl matchup let's talk about Dak Prescott and your thought process yeah, uh, this is kind of a tough one. I mean, it's hard to say for sure just because, um, I mean, really what it is, the reason why it's taking so long is because the Joneses, not just Jerry, Steven, and of course the whole organization, they don't want to set a new precedent on how they do these contract extensions for their top players. Um, they've always done it the way of, you know, giving them that extra year on the contract because it allows them to, you know, play around with the money when they need to with sometime in the future, either front-loaded, back-loaded, turn into bonus, turn into salary, when they need to create some cap space when stuff gets tight. Um, so that's really what they want to do for the Prescott. They're like, yeah, let's tack on another year. That way we have that leeway to do it because we've done it with uh, Zach Martin, the Marcus Lawrence, everybody else. So we want to do it for our quarterback because he can be the highest paid person on the team. Um, but, you know, Dak, of course, is looking for the, the short term, kind of, you know, vis-a-vis more like LeBron James type in the NBA to where, you know, give me four years. I'll still be my prime, can get back out there and then re-up for even bigger contract, which makes sense for him. Um, so that's really, it's a, kind of a game of cat and mouse right now, or a game of chicken, really, to where who's going to blink first. Um, so that's why I think it's, it's hard to, to tell. Um, I would have to think that maybe after the draft, it would pick up some steam in terms of a decision being made either way, just because, you know, if the Cowboys don't end up drafting a quarterback or something, then it's like, okay, well, let's go ahead and get this guy paid. Um, so I think... My heart of hearts tells, tells me and my mind, too, that, yeah, eventually it's going to get done. That's going to sign to an extension. I do think it's going to drag out for quite a bit, though, just because they're going to, have, you know, kick and fight and claw and scratch and bite or whatever to not give them that – to give them the extra year and not give them the four years. Um, but I also want to kind of uh, loop back around to that list you were going over, that uh, you know, about that draft class for Dak, because that kind of highlights this. You just never know for these quarterbacks, man. I mean, again, the whole thing of the draft is, you know, we spent all this time trying to find the positive for all these guys, trying to build them up. Like, oh, this is a good pick for you. You need to get a quarterback. They have so much potential. You know, you just develop them for a few years, and they can be the first pick of your franchise or at least a good backup. But honestly, you really don't know for these guys, man. Like, a lot of these people, even when they first start playing, they play pretty well, and then they fall off. You know, Carson Wentz, he's going to be a surefire, you know, potentially future Hall of Famer the way he was playing so early on. Then you start getting hurt. And then after you get back from being hurt, 
he just isn't the same quarterback anymore in terms of his processing, in terms of, you know, his feel for the game. So is it because he got paid? Is it because maybe all the injuries that got him a little bit, you know, gun shy or something? Who knows what it is, but something changed in him that kind of, uh, we don't see the core we thought before they had won the Super Bowl. Um, same thing with Jared Goff. I thought he's going to be solidified with the Rams for quite a while. He got, yes, he got paid, you know, the second contract, the, the big bust again, too, and was playing well. Um, but like I said, they were having some classes in terms of like the locker room culture or what they really wanted out of them. And they were in that win now mode. So they kind of felt for them that at this, at this point in time, it's better to move on. So you're kind of seeing a change in how teams are operating too when it comes to their personnel. Because for the longest, it's more like, you know, the quarterbacks are the untouchables. Like, they're going to be there. This is your guy. You found him. You paid him. So write it out. And then, you know, hopefully you have a good one. And if not, then when his contract is over, move on and find another one. But now teams are, I guess, are getting tired of waiting that four or five years for the contract to run out and be <laughs> mediocre and kind of cutting bait and, and trading and such. You know, we have Matt Stafford on the move. Uh, Jared Goff on the move. Carson Wentz maybe traded. Who knows? You know, that's still kind of iffy over there. So, um, I think you can see this pick up a lot more because, you know, there are a lot of good quarterbacks coming in from college, I think more than there have been before. So a lot of teams kind of think they can find one and kind of just plug them in there and, and start, you know, winning pretty quickly. And I think a lot of teams aren't happy with, you know, just settling for being mediocre with these quarterbacks and kind of just cutting bait and moving on. Um, also for the Jerry Jones thing, I, I think it varies per owner, you know, who's hands-on, who's not. Um, I have to assume Jerry can't be the only one because I believe um, the owner for the Jacksonville Jaguars is that is it, is it Khan? I think Sam Khan is his name, oh, yeah. the owner. Okay. So he had Shad, said when Shad Khan. Shad Khan, thank you. Um, so he had said that when they're doing their search for their their head coach, they, they since hired Urban Meyer, um, that whoever comes in, he is still going to have a say in what happens with these draft picks and what happens in free agency. So that was why they had a hard time finding a coach because he let it. He let it be known in all interviews that, yes, I'm going to have a big say in who we pick in the draft and who we pick in free agency because he just wants to be a part. I mean, it just seems like he can run it how you want, but he wanted to have his input in there too. So, again, a lot of times that gets all put on Jerry Jones for, like, he's the reason why. And he was for a while. He was a big reason too. Um, but if you've seen how things have changed for the Cowboys in terms of free agency in the draft, there has been a switch in terms of, you know, the – how much say so he has in this final decision, you know, less from him, more to, you know, Will Clay or more to uh, Stephen Jones and such in terms of them getting their say so and getting the final input in it too, which is for the better, you know, because they're more involved in it and they seem to have a better analytical mind for it as well. But that's not to say though that, of course, Jerry, as long as he's still around, you know, it's still his team who wants to be involved because he really does love the Cowboys. Um, I'm not even sure how involved he is in his other businesses. Uh, it might be like his main business might be the Cowboys, you know, at this at this stage and point in his life. So he's enjoying it. But I think the way things are operating front office wise, I don't think he's the issue any longer in terms of us, you know, making those splash signings or splash draft picks or whatever. Just because the way we've been operating in the draft and in frequency is a lot different from, you know, the, the Roy Williams era and all that kind of stuff when we were making those type of trades and stuff too. So that's a, a lot that's a far cry. It was some dark times back then, you know, getting up some first round draft picks and stuff, but it seems like we're doing better in terms of kind of, you know, building from the ground up instead of trying to be really flashy with everything. Yeah, I do give credit that he has given more say to Stephen Jones and Will McClay has said this fact. And also the fact that we've been able to keep Will McClay as a personnel dude instead of the uh, 
instead of going someplace else to be a GM or anything like that, that's amazing because <laughs> Will McClay's a smart dude. And so he's he's been uh, he has assessed many good drafts as far as late round draft picks as he assessed them pretty well. And uh, talks and it talks about the group that he uh, that he has underneath him too on assessing talent as far as later on the draft picks. Um, oh, I, I actually want to touch because I, I see that a lot too. Like I think every year it happens on Twitter. It's like how long is Will McClay going to stay around until he goes and be the, becomes a GM of a different team? But I'm like the way it's set up though, he basically is a GM, just not in with the title. But I'm just like if you're in a good spot, if you're getting paid, but GM's getting paid and have a good say so in the draft and free agency then you're pretty much doing the job without the actual title. So I, I don't, I can't see him really souring on the, on the relationship unless you just want something even higher than GM with at that point, like president or something. But yeah. aside from Honestly, that though, I don't see the downside to the upside to him leaving. If he's doing the same thing anyways, just not with the official title by his yeah. name. And I think his, they title him as assistant GM. I'm not, a, don't, don't quote me on it, but I think his, I want to say that his, his per, player personnel, whatever that, true title is and then at slash mm-hmm. assistant gm because i mean he he does have a he has a big say into the draft picks and free agency and all that and it's the same thing with Stephen jones and then the way you said jones doesn't care jerry doesn't care about his other business he does but his kids run everything else and so like his yeah. jerry jr runs the marketing or the retail side of his business and uh his daughter runs like the entertainment side of it too and so like it really is a jones like uh for, foothold is crazy <laughs> so it's everything right yeah, by them. yeah, yeah man it's, but before we leave this one topic there was another uh there's another tweet and so i've been trying to keep active on twitter and things that come up there was another tweet that was posted because jerry's grandson is playing at arkansas and so jerry's mm-hmm. grandson is eligible for the draft next season and so and what the tweet the tweet was wanted to be jerry some some jerry jones expletive that we franchise tag Dak Prescott, then we draft uh, Jerry's Jerry's grandson, and it was like his picture of his grandson from Arkansas State. And I was like, oh come on, y'all, y'all got to give Jerry a little credit. Like I don't think he would do. It's now that you're, th- well, I can it, see your face. He you looked like you're thinking about it too. No, I'm not because first off, he's not he's not even starting at Arkansas. So he's why not. are we even going? Why are we even going to the draft? He's not, um, and it's not like. It's not like his son, his uh, grandson needs the money. It's not like, oh, I'm doing a favor by drafting him or something like that. So, I mean, if it doesn't work out, he'll probably, you know, go to Arkansas, graduate, and then work for the Cowboys in the front office or something, which yeah, might be a better route for him or something if he's just not that talented at football. Yeah, I mean, and uh, Jerry's son runs state playoff in Texas. I think it was like for 1A or 2A. So, like, I don't, like, mm-hmm. I don't know. And like you said, he's not starting in Arkansas, so he's not worthy to start in Arkansas yet. So, but... I just thought it was funny because I feel like Cowboy like people, some there's there's the extreme Cowboy fans like we're gonna win every single year and there's the, the other side of it where it's like oh we gotta get rid of it. like the worst of the worst is happening blah 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 it's like we like well you never I'm find glad you mentioned that because remember I told you the little backstory for for your your boy slinging Ben Denucci? oh lord remember I told you about a backstory for it first off he's not my boy so stop calling me my boy <laughs> but what's going remember I, I said that um that it was um Mike McCarthy's brother. I think had coached the team or I worked with Ben Nucci's father on that team oh, yeah. or whatever. So they actually right. knew each other. And then at some point, you know, they, they pushed to draft them in the seventh round. So like, could it be a bit of nepotism? So, I mean, it, it does, it's a thing in the world. It does exist. So I guess it could happen, but I think it'd be so obvious though, that people would be like, all right, come on now, Jerry. Yeah. Come on, bro. I think like, they were just trying to help. Had to play one, one snap in Arkansas. You're going to draft them in the 
fifth round or third round. Come on now. I think they're just trying to help Ben DiNucci with the paycheck, man, on that one. Because <laughs> so, uh, Ben DiNucci does well, that. That's, that's what I'm saying. Well, that's what I'm saying. Some, some nepotism. I was like, why, why does he get to be helped with the paycheck when there's other people <laughs> that probably can actually complete a pass out there? What's going on? That's yeah, what that's I don't great. get. That was crazy, man. That was crazy. Boy, slanging it. Ed's <laughs> boy was out here wilding, man. Lord, he, he ain't my boy. He was your boy. He was your boy. Then you, then you saw him play. Then you saw him play. He wasn't your boy no more. I don't remember ever bro. saying that he was my boy. I remember saying, hold on, I see you, DR. I remember saying that the quotes were coming out of practice that he is slanging the ball. And he said he was slanging come, it. These are coming he from the receivers. Athletic. That were catching these slanging balls that were saying, hey, he's slanging and he's athletic, da da da. I was just reading, I was reading what people were t- that what the what the article was telling me. I was just, I had no film to see. We ain't that cool yet. Know. You know what I'm saying? We don't get the film, so we can't see film oh, of practices. Oh, oh yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> But go ahead, go ahead, DR. You go try to you go for, probably team up with Daniel. <laughs> for one for one shining week, Vin Danucci was kind of your boy. Like you both are kind of right. You all you did say to to be fair to you was that he was slanging the ball in practice according to reports, but you were seemingly buying into those reports heavily. And you you were quite pleased by the reports. You (laughs) thought the reports were true and you you came to find out they were not. And so that's why Daniel's making fun of you. Obviously, you didn't actually say, Yeah, he's my boy. He's making fun of you because you brought into the hype a little bit. <laughs> We're not gonna go down the Ben DiNucci tunnel. I'm not. I'm not allowing it this time. So, but uh, let's talk about the Super Bowl. We got the Tampa Bay Bucks, uh, Buccaneers against the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, the Buccaneers are technically the away team, but they're having a home game because the game, the Super Bowl is played. In, it finally uh, happened. It finally, it finally happened. happened. <laughs> so uh, they're going to have their fans all over <laughs> the Tampa Bay Arena. Um, but so they, they can't they can't shoot the cannons though, unfortunately. When they, they score can't? a touchdown, they're not. No, they said they're not, the info said that they're not allowed to shoot the cannons if they score a touchdown. Oh, that's cool. I'm like, that's, that's, I'm like, that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. Like, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> but so Pat Mahomes, the new age quarterback, going against good old faithful. Uh, I don't or father. Fighting against time, Tom Brady. Does Tom mm-hmm. Brady have one more game in him? Is this Tom Brady's last game? Can he bring the Buccaneers to the triumph? Because uh, can he get to the Super Bowl that they missed out on? Wait, no, I'm sorry. They did not miss out. They won. My bad. But can he get the Tampa, Tampa Bay, the Buccaneers to the Super Bowl? Can he get Bruce Arians another Super Bowl? And so let's see what's going on. So um, What's your thoughts on this game? What are you looking forward to? Let's kind of break this down like we used to do with the Cowboys. So what's your thoughts on this game and what are you looking forward to? I think this is going to be a fun game, man. I mean, I know we said this this last <laughs> last year for the Super Bowl. We thought it was going to be like a high-flying, high-scoring event. Um, it definitely was not that to the end. Um, but yeah, both these teams, man, they, they love to, to sling the ball around. They have a lot of weapons out there. I think they said Antonio Brown will be back for this game. Um, you know, they have great tight ends, uh, good running game, too. So this should be a really good game. Um, one thing I guess I would be worried about if I'm, you know, rooting for the Bucks is that Tom Brady this year has had a penchant of throwing some really bad interceptions or really costly turn, really t- uh, untimely turnovers, which I think may come back to bite him against the Chiefs because they, they score so easily and so quickly. Um, before, you know, he'd do a, you know, a few interceptions, they'd be down, um, but then their defense would keep him in there, and then they eventually would work their way back to getting that – to ultimately getting the win, but against the Chiefs, man, you really can't give them that many, you know, layups or that many that that much help because they can score so easily. 
So that's why I think this either could get out of hand in that sense, if that's what happens, if Tom Brady comes out here kind of doesn't take care of the ball. Um, but in other sense, though, if he does, I can see it be a very good matchup going back and forth down the wire. Um, I actually do have, I think Kansas City will pull it out at the end. They're my favorite for right now, but I can see it being a very close game. And I can also see it being a blowout, just depending on which Tom Brady we get for this matchup. Yeah, I 100% agree with you, man. It all depends. Like, really, is um, it's on the buck. It's in the Bucks field, you know. And so I feel like the temp, uh, if Tom Brady um, comes out and he's like the Tom Brady of old, he's take he's really kind of like game managing, but taking care of the ball, not making uh, error passes, not throwing interceptions. Um, then uh, he's able. Then the Chiefs will stay off the field longer. Like you got to keep the Chiefs' offense off the field. So if Tom Brady's able to do that, then um, it will be a good game. I still think the Chiefs will pull out, but I think it will be a, a slugfest, kind of like last season where you get you get fist for fist, pound for pound. But uh, then if the Chiefs' defense are able to force Tom Brady to make tape to, to make uh, turnovers and really take out their receiving core as in Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, um, Antonio Brown, and um, even uh, Rob Gronkowski, if they're able to knock those guys, if they're able to contain them and really put some good pressure on them, um, then, like, the Chiefs could run away. Like you said, Chiefs could run away with this game very easily. Um, Another X factor, I believe, is really – it's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense as well. And so which defense, not only are which Tom Brady are we going to see, which Tampa Bay Bucks defense are we going to see? Um, early on this season, the Tampa Bay Bucks defense was looking like the best defense in the league. And then they had that little middle section where they're kind of like low and kind of easy to dissect and easy to go up against. But then they came out strong at the end of the season. And really, they, and they played two of the best quarterbacks in the playoffs currently. Uh, Aaron Rodgers and Drew Brees, and they took care of them pretty handily. And so, mm-hmm. can they do that against the quote unquote the best quarterback in the league right now, or the top three, another top, a top three, the third guy in the top three, or a guy including the top three quarterbacks conversation this year against Pat Mahomes? So, they're able to get that pressure on them. Um, because the, the one thing that the Chiefs defense are able to, I mean, the Chiefs offensive line is able to do. There's not that many big names out on their offensive line, but the fact that they're able to give Pat Mahomes enough time to look at the, his fourth option while standing in the pocket, that's a big deal. And so Pat Mahomes does scramble every now and then, but he's able to look one, two, three, four, back to one and be still and still be in the pocket and minimal holding penalties on the Chiefs call all year. And so is that front defensive line able to get put pressure on Pat Mahomes and can they create turnovers? That's one thing that Tampa Bay Buccaneers are able to do as they de- have been able to do is create turnovers on a defense, basically based off of pressure. And so um, it, it's a game that, like you said, can be a blowout, go pound for pound. And so if it goes pound for pound both ways, I think the Chiefs win. But uh, I like a pound for a pound for pound game because you keep you're on you're on the edge of your seat each play and each possession of it. And so um I'm excited for the Tampa Bay. I'm excited for the Bucks. You know, some guys on that side of the football um, getting getting the championship. Uh, Aggie and Mike Evans, and so happy for him and getting into the opportunity. Um, but even the coaching staff, you look at Brian Leftwich and um, and oh man, the defensive coordinator from who was the former head coach of the Jets, completely fell out my head again. Ooh, brain fuckles. Top rolls, thank you. So those those guys getting getting in the Super Bowl, and so but and you look at the Chiefs, and so can Pat Mahomes 
become a back-to-back Super Bowl champion? Can he be a back, back-to-back Super Bowl MVP? Um, what are we seeing? A, is Pat Mahomes really about to take the take the NFL control? Is he going to be the next Tom Brady? Is this the next step for him at grow, and growing in his career? And so um, there's many different storylines in this Super Bowl that and it's kind of revolving around the quarterback set so that makes you excited about it. And so um, it's going to be fun to watch. Uh, but yeah, like you, I think the chiefs will pull out on top and um, get the W again and get the second, get Pat Mahomes, his second ring and um, start talking about him being the future goal of the QB life. <laughs> of the QB Yeah, side. man. I mean, like, like you're saying, there are a ton of great storylines for this matchup. Um, I do want to touch a little bit more on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers just because uh, when the season started, I kind of was saying that the way they were building their roster, it's like they were kind of like the super friends, just kind of finding any type of big name, putting them on the, on the squad just to make that run for the, for the playoffs and for a, a, a Super Bowl. And it's actually paying off right now. You know, they're kind of doing that in that same mold of what the Rams did before, uh, kind of, you know, just go for it, you know, just kind of put all, the, all your chips on the table and just try to get that Super Bowl as quickly as possible. And if they do win, I mean, I think you might see even more teams kind of follow that that same that same mold. Um, so that's why I kind of I kind of do want Tampa to win though to kind of spice up how the NFL offseason and you know <laughs> trades and stuff go. Just kind of makes stuff crazy. But yeah, man, just kind of think about who's on this team. I mean, just think about it. we have Andomkin too on defense, Vita V, uh, JPP, Jason Pierre-Paul. That's a, 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 you know a name we haven't read her for quite a while. You know, from being a Cowboys fan, Levante David, Jaquil Barrett. Um, Going to offense is even crazier. Of course, you have Tom Brady, uh, you know, Aggie great Mike Evans, Antonio Brown's on the team, Chris Godwin, um, Rob Gronkowski. Uh, yeah, so it's crazy. Leonard Fournette, that pickup that they actually had that, you know, is kind of crazy, but paid off for him too. So, yeah, this, it's been a wild season for them because at one point they kind of seemed like, okay, yeah, they're definitely going to go to Super Bowl easy. And then they had that, that lull where they were dropping games left and right against these bad teams where they looked look pretty terrible and Tom Brady looked terrible, but – it happens every year, man. You know, you count out Tom Brady because he looks bad for a while because he's an old man. And at one point in time, he just turns it on when he needs to. And now, he's, like you say, looking forward to getting yet another Super Bowl. And then, like you, man, have to get that shout out to Mike Evans, you know, Aggie great. Just because think about it, for his current career, up until this season, he had not played one playoff game in his entire career. Yeah. Not one. And now he's actually playing the Super Bowl. So that, that's amazing. Um, he also, you know, helped me secure the championship in my fantasy season as well. So also that's why I love Mike Evans too. So I got to get you out to that. Him and Tom, him and Tom Brady, because Tom Brady's holding the ball. So it's been a great year, you know, for, for Mike Evans, a great year for Daniel Dayton as well. You know, so maybe, who knows, two Aggie champions. That'd be amazing, wouldn't that? You know what I'm saying? Fantasy football champion and people, NFL Super Bowl champion. It could happen, y'all. It could happen. These are the storylines that you have to watch out for in the Super Bowl, you know what I'm saying? Because a lot of great stuff happening. And we're here to see it all, man. So that's what I'm looking forward to for this, just because it's a great matchup and what it could do for the Aggie faithful. <laughs> Don't forget, uh, you, they have Sh- Shady McCoy on their roster too. So they got <laughs> so Shady McCoy could work, rock out with a for Tampa. He's on, yeah, he's on Tampa he's, now. He's a, he's a third. He's a third string running back. That's an even better storyline. Trying to get his revenge on on the Chiefs from last year. That's awesome. <laughs> so, because they, 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 remember that they, they made him a healthy cut last year, a healthy yeah, fresh. Yeah, Y'all remember that? But he still he still got a ring. He still got a ring. No, but I'd be mad. I was like, bro, I, I got the Super Bowl. I'm a healthy scratch. Oh my god. Shady McCoy will be back to back Super Bowl champions. There you go. 
<laughs> so oh, who would have thought? About to go for about to go for two hundred, man. <laughs> He's probably going to be a healthy scratch this year too, man. <laughs> he'll remember that, Derek. We'll write your name down. But he'll still and be he'll in the... with, and then and then he'll get with another team and get go Super Bowl yet again <laughs> to get his vengeance yet again. And he's gonna have his man. He's gonna get his. He's gonna get. Days. He's gonna get his one and, yard in the Super Bowl. That's what Daniel said. In this life or the next, Shady will have his. <laughs> remember that, D. Remember that. All right. All right. Let's Ask somebody, uh, man. Let's talk about let's talk about the stories real quick. So, um, what what does a Super Bowl? Win for being for a coach like Eric. Uh, I'm going to ruin his last name, but Eric Bahilami. The enemy. The enemy. And then for a Brian Leftwich. And as far as like a, as far as a head coaching opportunity. So what would the, the Super Bowl win? Eric Bahilami being his second one. And then uh, Brian Leftwich possibly being his first one. So what do you think that will mean for their head coaching uh, futures like you think they'll be I believe there's a few there's still a few teams in the search for it so you think if one of them wins like they automatically will get bumped up or do you kind of think it, it will wait another year what's your thoughts on that Eric I'm Eric and I'm apologize ahead of time right now I know you don't like cussing on the pod but I'm gonna cuss right now right, uh, not ahead. a damn thing apparently not a damn thing apparently because we just saw that he won a Super Bowl last year and got passed over for every single head coaching spot um, this this offseason. So, no, there are no more open spots for head coaches because they've all been filled. And I'm not sure he even got interviewed for most of them. He, he barely got interviewed for the Houston Texans job, too. So, you would think that, you know, how it normally goes, like, oh, I'm an OC for a championship team. I, I you know, help create Pat Mahomes. Yeah, you know, give me a head coaching job. Give me all the money. Give me the pick of the litter for any job that I want. But that wasn't the case. You know, he was yeah, – we had to have Deshaun Watson getting upset and kind of, you know, just – berating his own team to force them to interview Eric Bieniemy. So I don't know what it means anymore to win a Super Bowl as a coordinator, you know. Uh, I guess I'll add it too, as a coordinator, when you are also an African-American or a person of color, because it seems that some things may be a little bit different in terms of the shine that you get, the lack of shine you get for winning a, such a, a prestigious award or prestigious championship. But then also, you know, it doesn't really pay dividends the next season. So I can't rightfully say that because either one of these, these gentlemen might win a Super Bowl or a second Super Bowl that's going to propel them, you know, into coaching stardom or to being a head coach. Because we saw a play already, you know, there's quite a few teams that needed coaches, a lot of bad teams, a lot of up and coming teams that needed like a brand new, fresh, young head coach, innovative offense coach. You know, a lot of these quarterbacks coming in are coming from very, you know, wide open offenses from the spread, you know, with Trevor Lawrence, you know, we have the, the guy from Ohio State. Um, the guy from BYU, all these guys have big arms and can run and are in, you know, very wide open offenses that you would think, you know, oh, who runs that type of offense in the NFL right now? Kansas City Chiefs, you know what I'm saying? But th that's not what it is. You know, it, it's, who knows what it is, but just just, for, just to answer your question, Ed, um, I don't think it's going to do too much for him as of right now, just because we, we've seen how it's played out so far. So hopefully it changes, um, but I'm not going to hold my breath as of right now until I see something different. <laughs> and I, damn's not a curse word, so I, I allow damn. And so, damn, 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 damn. I allow that one. But um, yeah, and I kind of agree with you there because I kind I felt I feel the same way when it comes to the head coaching positions. And so I feel like uh, the some of these coaches or these teams now they're going, they're getting. I don't want to say a guy that they want. They're going. I can't. I don't even know how to even describe it. But it's just kind of. I don't see the the 
I don't see the uh, thought process behind it. As far as a, if you look at the Jacksonville Jaguars, um, they hired Urban Meyer. Um, I didn't like the hire, but they hired a guy who's been, who's in college, whatever, who had, who I believe has a championship in college. I can't remember off the top of my head, but um, Mm -hmm. he has two. And so, um, but he hasn't been in the NFL. We saw what happened with Nick Saban when it came to the NFL from being a successful college coach. And so it doesn't always translate when you come into the NFL. No, it, it, it's more than that, Ed. So he, like you said, he has never coached in the NFL. He's been out of coaching football for quite a few years. He quote unquote retired from college football because he had a medical condition because of all the stress from football. Coaching, yeah. But, yeah, but now they're hiring him back to be the head coach for NFL team. So a lot of red flags, but you know, he still got that job pretty easily from kind of if you follow the coverage on that. But yet you have an offensive coordinator who is in the Super Bowl who played for that team in Brian Leftwich. And so is that, I mean, you don't want to give, and I know it's a new ownership since Brian Leftwich was there, but you don't want to give the guy a shot. It's like, I mean, there's, and I agree with you, but there's two guys, there's two guys out there in Brian Leftwich and Eric Mahinami that deserve a shot at the, at the head coaching position. And I believe Top Rose deserves a second shot at the sec at, as a head coach. And so um, it's, it's weird. It's hard out there. I'm going to say it's hard out there for a black coach. And so, um, and it continues to be hard. And so that continues to be changed. And I've been, and one of my first podcasts with the weekend to take was on the minority coaching and uh, the Rooney rule. And so that was my first, uh, that's actually my first one that I joined with you guys. And that, that kind of set that, that kind of evolved into Trey Blanco and shit. And I'll, I'll dang it. And trying to evolve to the Trey Blanco. You're feeling it, huh? You're feeling the conversation. Hey, there you go. You're hey, now. This is the, this kind of the grill. And so this is the grill. We kind of, and it's still a problem with the NFL. They don't, they don't like giving the black African, I'm going to say, they don't like giving the African-American coach an opportunity. And so um, luckily, um, like the Chargers head coach who just got who was fired got he got a head coaching job back and I believe he deserves it. Yeah, he deserves it. And so thank God. For, I mean, I appreciate that. Uh luckily Lovey Smith is back in the NFL in the defensive coordinator position. And so, and I mean, he was a Super Bowl, not a Super Bowl win, not a Super Bowl winner, but he was a Super Bowl head coach. And so there's guys out there who African-American coaches who do show success. And so, and um, and I'm also excited for the uh the coach, the new coach for the New York Jets. Um, I'm, if I'm getting, to, yeah, the New York Jets who came from the uh, the defensive coordinator for the 49ers, him being the first uh, Muslim. Oh, uh, Saleh. Yeah, being the first Muslim or uh, Middle Eastern head coach in the NFL. So I'm excited for him. And so, and then if, and there's more women coaches in the NFL now too. So I mean, they've done progress, but. The African American culture still looked down upon, and so I just and I'm going to say it, and so uh, we'll we'll see what happens next season when more when more head coaching positions will be opened up because there there has not been a season where there's not not have been an open head coach, so we'll see. Did you want to did you want to jump in, D? I know you're like talking about systemic oppression, so I can't got you see you chopping at the bit over here. I was uh, I was uh, I will just to clean it up. Anthony Lynn is an offensive coordinator in Detroit. He didn't get a, another head coaching job. Um, so he's he's still in the league, but he's he's not a not a head coach at the current time. Uh, I just wanted to point out that to back up Daniel's point on like how this really doesn't make any real sense. And Ed actually backed this up as well when he said it. And he's right. Like the Philadelphia Eagles hired Nick Sirianni. Right. And we've already if you listen to the weekend intake, we already talked about how he 
they kind of acquiesced to him not even having a suit so that they could feel good about interviewing him and hiring him. They made him feel all welcome and stuff. But it goes even beyond that because we, you know, Frank Reich, right? Frank Reich was the dude in the Philadelphia Eagles who stood next to Doug Peterson. Doug Peterson was the dude who stood next to Andy Reid. So they essentially hired the Philadelphia Eagles essentially hired the dude who stood next to the dude who stood next to the dude who stood next to the dude instead of just hiring the dude currently standing right next to the dude right this moment. <laughs> like, it doesn't make any sense. Like, like Frank uh, Reich has a coach. Talent ability is passed back through osmosis, Derek. Osmosis, man. Come on, man. It's, it, and that's, and I'm, thank you, Derek. I failed on mission that point. Thank you for mission that. Because Andy Reid is considered one of the ghosts of NFL coaching. And so when you look at it, and I want to compare, I'm going to compare him to Greg Popovich. And when Greg Popovich is considered one of the ghosts of NBA coaching and how his coaching tree has feathered into the NBA and you see it and you see it now and you see it with Andy Reid, but there were the dudes, like Derek said, that was standing right next to the guy, not the dude that was working in the film room <laughs> for the guy that was standing next to the guy. And so, and I'm, t- I'm sorry for the shot. I, actually, I'm not sorry for the shot. That's the shot. Like that's, it's, so, it's is um disgraceful it's, it's it's embarrassing and so like you gotta give these guys the opportunity man they're they have shown especially eric behenemy has has grown pat mahomes molded pat molded. mahomes to where he wants to be and where pat mahomes is and so if eric behenemy gets to the super bowl for the third year in a row and still does next year gets the super bowl to the third year in a row and still does not have a head coaching a head coaching job after the super bowl there's something wrong with that. I, there's something wrong with that. So, hey man, it might end up working out. You know, just think about if he didn't, you know, get, get another shot. Um, you know, things happen with the Cowboys, and we have to get rid of Mike McCarthy. If you want to insert the enemy, you know what I'm saying? That might be a little. Not, I don't hey know, man, I'm saying, I don't yo, know. if that if happens, out there, <laughs> if that happens, I'm going to find an Eric Bahemi shirt and I'm going to wear it for like every podcast. <laughs> I'm just saying, man. <laughs> I'm just saying, people pass it up, man. It might be helping out some other people out here who really need the help. So, hey, hey. Man, true. And so, I mean, teams who pass it up, they're missing. I mean, same thing that people who pass up on draft picks. And so, most or people another way to look at it, uh, sorry to interrupt, but one yeah. other way to look at it to that vein, not from the Cowboys glasses that you guys want, which is fine. It's a Cowboys podcast. It must be. It must be. But, hey, hey, but maybe Andy Reid retires and Eric Bieniemy is like, fine, I'll take Patrick Mahomes for the next decade. That's cool, too. So, it could be one of those That's situations. That's true. Well. It could be, yeah, true. So I mean, it, I, I, I like y'all saying that it's gonna end up working for his favor. I feel like I feel the same way. I feel, I hope it does. And so we are hopeful, but I'm just saying the way a lot of us played out, you never know for sure. You know, true. you never really know. Because um, right now, there's people are already saying like, oh, well, the reason he's not getting hired because he's a bad interviewer. And it's like, okay, well, he, he's not. You're not. You're not hiring him to interview or to give interviews. You're hiring him to go to football team. So can he do that? Has he shown he can do that? You know, you've seen his work on the field. You've seen, you know, you've seen what he can produce. You see that he that he does well in the locker room. So isn't that more important than him being a good interviewer? To me, yes. To other people, I don't know. You know, maybe you want someone that you can, you know, shoot the breeze with here and there and go out for a beer with or whatever. <laughs> I just want someone to go in my whole bunch of football games and give me rings and stuff. But, you know, we're different people, you know. We are not the same, so I don't know. <laughs> yeah, so I, I never, I didn't hear that rumor that he's a bad interview, but um, yeah, like, I agree with you there. Is like, people are saying, what does what does his resume say? Because <laughs> so, like, I, I think it, it popped up again when um, the, the name of, of, of Philadelphia's um, new head coach. What was his name again? Um, I forgot his name, but 
he was getting like his whole little spill, I, I believe, like about what he had planned to do. And he's his his first like public <laughs> his public speech or whatever was just terrible. He was like fumbling on his words. He was kind of talking to circles and stuff, and kind of just talking on and on a whole bunch of like just random dribble and stuff. And they're like, okay, so you're saying that <laughs> Eric Bieniemy was a bad interviewer, but this guy was better than him somehow. Like this, <laughs> he got through the interview a lot better than this, but he, he can barely talk and put two words together. But he's so much better than Eric Bieniemy. Look, look, Daniel, <laughs> like, gonna, what are y'all talking about? They're gonna be hey, simple, man. Daniel. They're gonna be simple, but they're gonna be. But the other teams, they're gonna think it's complex, but they're gonna be simple <laughs> because if you can, if you simple, Daniel, then that talent takes over, and when talent takes over, that's when you simple. But if you're not simple enough, talent won't take over. But that's what we gonna do we're gonna put systems in place so that we simple and so talent can take over systems in place the systems remember the systems i'm like let's talk, let's talk. trump jr i don't know <laughs> yeah but the eagles <laughs> the eagles talent is not even that i mean it's not grandiose or anything like that i mean they got it they got a good running back and we still don't know what jalen hurts is really going to do in the nfl so i mean like is your talent really that complex i mean that good to have a simple i don't know i don't know well, you're just saying something to say, man. It didn't make any sense either way. It's like, exactly. it's going to be super like, simple to us. It's like, I'm going to say, Eagles going to be trash next year. So if, they, if they're horrible, if they're great next year, yeah, they'll, 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 probably be, they'll probably be fine because they actually do have quite a bit of talent on the team. Yeah. It just, I'm saying just for their coach, I, I would prefer for him not to you know talk too much to, to the media, just to the coach and stuff. He might be a good coach, who knows, but in terms of his media, you know, feel or awareness or personality <laughs> he doesn't he doesn't have it yet he needs to use a little, little bit more grooming but i guess he can <laughs> learn on the job but apparently not everybody can learn on the job so you know no it, no it, it depends uh, all right let's bring it in let's bring it to the close let's bring it in let's trying to get out of here man that you thought you getting revved up you out here cooking and stuff bro i thought we about to be talking for like a good three hours man all right <laughs> see that's a, we gotta save we gotta save all our all our, our all our energy for this coming up Sunday, you know when what's going on, what's going on this Sunday, my brother. You know we're, we're Super Bowl Sunday. It was a crossover, crossover there. Yes, sir. Your boy Probably Trey Blanco. Well, technically, we do a crossover show every week because you're part of the weekend to take. But I'm coming back to the weekend to take as we do a live podcast, live broadcast of our Super Bowl commentary. Me and the hey. boys, me myself, hey. Dr. Lewis, not the third. Daniel Davison, Terrell Huff, the Thespian Poppy, and Austin Prezina. We'll always we we'll all be there. Live broadcasting on uh from from the Instagram of the weekend to take. Uh I'm gonna try to do it on my Twitter. Uh we're making a Twitch. We're making it, we're going big. And so we're all gonna have microphones gonna be live. And so socially check all the DSP. Yeah, all so the DSP. Yep. Socially distance, still keeping within COVID protocols. And if y'all watched last year, if you saw it, I don't know, you probably we we had some viewers. If you watched last year, uh, we were kind of it was a big, big old party. We're not doing that this year. Probably still have some food, probably still have a little bit, a little Kool-Aid. That's a joke. If you watch my Facebook page, we have a little Kool-Aid. But uh, we're, we're gonna have fun. It's gonna be fun. We had, we we enjoyed it last year and it worked out. Um, I think it will work out good. Of course, and I'm there, so it's always gonna be better. And so it's gonna be fun. Uh, but yes, pay attention to that too. How's it be better if you were there last year? Isn't the same thing, man? Is we better? No, because I'm better. I've improved. Oh, okay, I can see that. I'm I, 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 I would think that maybe we all improved over we time. All, so maybe we all, better, actually, collectively. I'm 
We've yeah, all grown. Know. We've all grown. And so, and this year we oh, have yeah. Terrell Huff. He wasn't he wasn't with us last year, so he's gonna be with us this year because his, his team was in the Super Bowl. So he decided to party with his, with his other fans. <laughs> so, look, guys, but yeah. the plan for we the Super Bowl, the plan for the Super Bowl extravaganza is. We're gonna keep it simple uh-huh. because if we keep it simple, then talent can <laughs> yeah. can can play. If if talent can play uh-huh. and we keep it simple, yeah. uh, then we will we will prosper and the and they won't be able to stop us because like it will be too complex. But for us, it'll be simple, and so we're gonna let talent take over on Sunday. All right. Cool. Oh, okay. 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 I'll buy in. <laughs> Don't need to hire this man, man. I don't know. So. He's pretty good. This whole you know producing thing, bro. Front of the line, man. If you on ESPN, let's get this man in front of the crowd. <laughs> <laughs> all right dr you can say bye to the people first say goodbye to the people and any plugs you want to put in right now this is your one opportunity you get to plug in anything that you want uh, no, i mean good. you know just check we we're gonna have a promo dropping tomorrow you know after this episode drops uh we'll we'll drop a little promo video we might have to include ed hyping us up there that was some pretty good work there by mr ed white we might have to throw that in a little promo as well so uh, good work on that ed you know check us out a little a little tweak to what you said ed because some plans have changed we're not going to be able to do the twitch because it's just a little too much stuff and then we're going to go streaming from our twitter instead of our instagram and so just a couple of changes there but yeah keep on the lookout for for what we doing on sunday crossover episode you know we always love it when ed white trey blanco himself comes back to home to join the pod that started it all for him. So uh, thank you for that. Goodbye to the people. I'm going to be over here keeping it simple so that, you know, talent can rise to the top. I'll be over there doing that. Y'all, y'all, y'all go ahead and in, in your program here like you want to. Yeah. That was a simple long, for Derek. Complex for us. That thank was you, a sir. long, complex plug. Go ahead. <laughs> Daniel, go ahead. See, that's how you got to do it, man. Daniel, say goodbye to the people. <laughs> yeah, man. I, I, a great episode, man. I like this one. You know, more laid back and stuff, shooting the breeze. Um, once again, like Derek was saying, look forward to that you know, live stream of the Super Bowl. That's going to be a, a lot of fun, too. And then once Super Bowl is over, you know, the real fun starts with the actual offseason starting up. You know what I'm saying? The draft talk, free agency talk for the Cowboys. So I'm looking forward to, of course, the Super Bowl game. But also afterwards, we just have to really get into our bag about, you know, the X's and O's, you know, who's coming out, who's to look for, our, you know, wish list for, for players and acquisitions and such. So, yeah, it's going to be great. It's going to be a lot more information coming up. So, looking forward to it. And hopefully, y'all tune in for that, too. Awesome, man. To, my, to our fans, if you follow me at Trey underscore Blanco, send me, tweet me, college players that you think the Cowboys will draft at number 10 pick. And me and Daniel will dig into them the best that we can and give you our analysis. That's the, that's what something to look forward to going into the offseason of Trey, Trey Blanco's podcast and grill. So again, follow me at Trey, Blanc, Trey underscore Blanco, the real Trey Blanco. As always, be peace, be blessed, be love. We out! Peace!